Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Listen all you New Yorkers. Excuse me. Taxi. Okay, we're looking around. This is the 77 WABC minicast. Uh, well, and joining us now to talk about all of this and so much more is Pulitzer Prize winning journalist, Michael Goodwin. Uh, Michael, so much kind of uh, tangling between Israel and the new house. First, your reaction that we finally have a new house speaker. And what was so shocking, Michael, was it was unanimous. We haven't seen that in a little bit. <laughs> right. Yes, it's uh, it's just a more of a sigh of relief than anything else. I mean, I I guess the Republicans ran out of bullets with which to shoot themselves. And so they decided to uh, end the f- circular firing squad and pick a speaker. I mean, I have to say that this, I think, has been uh, chaos and embarrassing and a real black eye for the Republican Party. Um, do, do you understand, the, uh, Michael, do you understand, what, do you understand what's uh, going on and, uh, and, uh, and do you know this person? I don't know. Um, I've None only ever yeah. heard of him and, and seen him speak today. Uh, look, I think that he says all the right things. The question is, can he herd these cats? Can he get them to deliver? And if he can, this period will, I think, be forgotten. But if this is just the opening act to more chaos and more division and more inability to govern, then they will forfeit the right to govern and they will lose the House next year. And, Michael, it's Richard Weinberg. I want to ask you this. You wrote this column, which I thought was very compelling. It has to do with does Obama and Biden really support Israel? And what are your thoughts about it? Because I have real concerns about that. Look, I think that uh, I have those concerns, too, Richard, and it it begins with the Obama-Biden administration and particularly its relationships with Iran, the sweet talking. Uh, I mean, Obama just had all the wrong ideas about the Mideast. He alienated Saudi Arabia. He alienated Israel and he courted Iran. I mean, it's just totally backwards. And Biden unfortunately, picked up the same thing. Now, a lot of that is about the Democratic Party's feud with Benjamin Netanyahu. Netanyahu has been prime minister uh, for almost 16 years now, and the Democrats hate him. Uh, And so they have always looked at Israel through the eyes of Netanyahu, I'm afraid, and the last two Democratic presidents. And this has not worked well. Netanyahu is now weakened, but for many of the Obama years, he was a very strong and popular prime minister. And I think that what they have tried to do, what Biden has tried to do now, is the worst of all possible things here. This idea of sort of squeezing Israel to do uh, to handle Gaza in the way the Americans want it to be handled, primarily for America's own purposes, as well as what it thinks is in Israel's best interest. But Joe Biden and Obama had such terrible judgment about the Mideast, about 
you know, this question of a Palestinian state. I mean, Mahmoud Abbas, who's what uh, is now in what the 16th year of a four year term, uh, said that Obama told him not to negotiate with the Israelis until Israel made big concessions over settlements. And so there were no, nego- no negotiations during the Obama years. I mean, it's that kind of stupid advice that they gave to the Palestinians that just reinforced the kind of rejectionism that has characterized the Palestinian leadership, of course, starting with Yasser Arafat. Well, and also, Uh, but you know what's interesting, too, Michael? Here we are to present day. I just was watching President Biden a little bit ago, and and it's the same, like, uh, you know, it's this mamsy-pamsy, like you said, uh, and even just... Literally, I think it was like two hours ago, he was asked, what are you going to do? Um, there have been attacks here, you know, on U.S. bases by Iran. Are you going to go? Well, you know, if they do something, we may hold them responsible. But and then have, in the same breath. Attacks. Yes. There have been attacks. Yes. 22 servicemen have been injured. One contractor was killed. What is he waiting for? Yeah, it's this mamsy-pamsy sort of gray area. And that doesn't beget leadership, not just in America, but around the world right now. Well, and certainly Iran, you know, will not stop until it stopped. Now, that doesn't mean you have to go to war, but the old Roman adage that if you want peace, prepare for war. And that's where I think uh, Biden has been especially off base. This idea that you can always keep turning the other cheek. You can always keep uh, ignoring, for example, ignoring the fact of what is obvious Iranian involvement in the Hamas attack on Israel. Uh, Just, oh, we haven't seen any direct evidence. Now, everybody in the world has seen it, but the White House refuses to see it because it would would call their bluff. And I think that these attacks on on American bases in Syria and, and Iraq are getting more frequent and more serious. Now you've got American injuries. Is that okay? I mean, that is precisely the kind of environment in which Donald Trump uh, droned uh, Soleimani, the head of the Iranian terror group, the Quds Force. That's the sort of message that Iran understands. It doesn't understand this appeasement and sweet talk. It just takes advantage of it. It'll take any concession you give it, put it in its pocket, and then use that money to fund more terror regimens. So, as I say, Obama and Biden got the Mideast backwards, and they are primarily responsible, I believe, for this sense of isolation that Israel is now experiencing. Michael, what I understand is uh, that Saudi Arabia being Sunni uh, and aligning themselves with uh, Israel panicked Iran, which is uh, Shia. Shia, and they panicked and started to stir the pot to stop the alliance of Israel and the Sunni. Now, we go back to Biden and uh, and uh, Obama, they were pro Iran, pro Shia, Shia, and that's why the other reason uh, Saudi Arabia hates Biden, and that's what it comes down to. And uh, I'm wondering why people don't realize that it's a very simple uh, answer. 
Well, look, I, th- I think Iran's malignancy um, is not limited to the Shia. I mean, Hamas, for example, is considered a Sunni group. Uh, so they will they will fund any terrorist in any nation of any sect of Islam. But I do think you're right, John, about the impact of Saudi Arabia's move toward normalization with Israel. Uh, it's been in the works. It picked up a lot of speed under the Trump years, during the Trump years, because of the Abraham Accords. And had Trump been reelected, it would have been a done deal fairly quickly. Uh, but the, the revolutionary spirit of the Iranians, I mean, Henry Kissinger once said, Iran has to decide whether it's a country or a cause. And it is still a cause. There's no question about it. He said that many years ago. It is still a cause. It still foments revolution wherever it puts its dirty fingers. And so when you feed that beast with oil money, with concessions, by lifting sanctions, you just encourage and you end up funding all of their malign activities. And I think the the refusal of the Saudis to go forward, unfortunately, with Israel now, is unfortunately understandable because Iran will attack. They'll unleash their their uh, proxies in Yemen and restart the, the war with Saudi Arabia. I mean, and this, look, the Saudis are not great fighters. They don't want to have a war with anybody. And so they're going to take the path of least resistance. And that's what they've done here. Uh, and look, Iran will backstab them the first chance it gets. So I really feel like across the Mideast, America has lost a lot of ground, a lot of respect. Nobody really fears Joe Biden. And this is part of why I think Israel is increasingly on an island by itself. Um, and Michael, before we let you go, I want to ask you about the other big story today, too. This just happened. Trump uh, got fined again on a gag order. I never thought I'd see this. ACLU says Trump gag order in the D.C. election interference case violates the First Amendment. Obviously, it does. But finally, they're saying something. Um, but but it's interesting. Uh, and Trump apparently stormed out of court today in the New York case. Uh, what are you hearing on all that? Well, look, I, I, I'm happy to hear the ACLU said that. Um, I, I think there are many constitutional issues in all of these Trump cases. There's, there's something fishy, certainly, about the, you know, this whole Letitia James case. There's something fishy about the Georgia case, something fishy about the Alvin Bragg case, something very, very fishy about the federal cases, uh, about documents and things. Where's the case against Joe Biden for having classified documents? Where's the Hunter Biden prosecution? All of these, the Justice Department seems to be as crooked as all these other prosecutors. Nonetheless, having said all that, having believed strongly that we now have a two-tier system of justice, I'm a little tired of Donald Trump's antics. Uh, I understand he's, he feels like he's in a fight. He's, he's disgusted with Michael Cohen coming back and all of that. But there are bigger things going on in the world right now. Boy, are and there. I think Donald <laughs> Trump, if he really wants to begin to attract some new votes, uh, he really needs to focus on what matters to the country and not just himself. And I, uh, I think his throwing these fits, getting fined for all of that, I, I, I haven't been in the courtroom, so I don't know what his demeanor is. I can, I can imagine, though, the judge is fed up. But I really think that 
he needs to re- recognize that his continual spats with people uh, do not carry as much weight the longer they go on. People get tired of this, and they're particularly when there are really big things going on in the world that have to do with America's security. That's what's going on right now. I we agree. Are, we are we are really under the gun around the world. Yep, and Michael, and, you have a heart out in like two seconds here, but yes, but that, no. That, Michael, that, thank you it. so We're much. Under the gun. Yep, thank Michael, you. We, you are right. We're, boy, is the world on fire right now. Um, Michael, thank you so much. We love you and we appreciate you. Such huge issues. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to prioritygold.com. 